Well, just for this week, um, I am moving away from Romans just for a week. Next week, we'll pick up back in Romans chapter 7 as we've been working our way through the book of Romans. And uh, so this morning, we're going to take just a little bit of a break. But the title of the message this morning is Do Not Be Afraid. Do Not Be Afraid. About 20 years ago, I heard an evangelist sing a song with these lyrics. And in that became a reminder that God is faithful and that we can trust Him in every circumstance of life. And the lyrics just go something like this, And I've been through enough to know that He'll be enough for me. He's come through so many times that puts my mind at ease. And I'll stake my very life that He's going to take care of me because I've been through enough to know that He'll be enough for me. I don't know about you, but if you've been through anything in your life as a believer... And if you've ever had a circumstance where you've needed to rely on God, you'll come to the same conclusion that you've been through enough to know that He'll be enough because He cares for us. So the question this morning is, what causes you to worry? What causes you to fear? What causes you to have angst in your heart? And even though these things might be natural, maybe it might be normal, It shouldn't be the case for us as God's children. Amen? We have a God that loves us, that cares for us, that's with us every step of the way. And so we should not be given into fear like everyone else around us. But you know, it's an amazing thing to consider. Well, how can you not fear? Look where we live. Look what's going on in the world around us. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen the news yet this morning, but there's probably three three people shot last night for all we know. It's like every day we wake up to more. We're now the number one shooting capital of the world right now for the United States. I mean, thank God I live in Rochester, right? I mean, that's what I want to be known for. Fear all around us. Fear because there are things happening around us, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but people around us, we're living in fear. Uh, What causes us to get upset and wonder what's going to happen next? What is it that controls your mind, your thinking? What causes us to be distracted you know, fear will often lead us to wrong conclusions, conclusions and misguided decisions. Let me say it again. Fear will often lead us to wrong conclusions and misguided decisions. Let me give you an example. If I'm afraid of not having enough money, I may wrongly conclude that I am solely responsible for my wealth rather than God. And in doing so, I will make a decision that I have to work 75 hours a week so that I can take care of my problem. That's a mis guided decision based on a wrong conclusion why because god is in control and if it's all up to me what do i need god for if i can handle everything in my life there's no sense in me pointing to god and putting my faith and trust in him if i can work it all out apart from him but if i have a wrong conclusion it's going to make lead me to a misguided decision it's going to make me do things that i didn't need to do if i would only have put my faith and trust in god right so fear will often lead us to wrong conclusions and misguided decisions So I was just curious, I did an online search to see if there were any polls that asked what Christians feared most. I mean, if you just Google, you can find out anything, right? Because Google is like the master information center, and they'll tell you anything that even things you don't want to know. So I was doing this week a search on what are the top things that Christians fear. No surprise, it gave me the list, several lists. And all the lists were very similar. But just out of curiosity and coincidence, I decided that I was just going to Google what is it that people fear most. And the articles were similar, but yet they were very drastically different. They were similar in that they were the same things, but different in that there was a different perspective on them. So what I found after looking at that little search was that 
Christians and non-Christians fear the exact same things. Isn't that amazing? That there, First of all, that there is an entire list and several lists that Christians fear, but they're the same things and the same feelings that the world has. And you say, well, why is that so significant? Because we have Jesus. We have God living within our hearts. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Why? You're bought with a price. We have the Holy Spirit that is indwelling us, and we should not have all the same fears that the world has. And yet they're the same. And so as I was looking at this, I found two different lists. I want to just highlight the first one, and then I'm going to go through the second one in detail. But the first one is with shame. Christians fear shame. And I thought, well, that's an odd one. Then the more I thought about it, is it really really that odd? I mean, because after all, we as Christians, we don't want anyone to think that there's any struggles or problems in our life. We want to come to church every week, bring our Bible, and dress, dress up and look nice and make sure everyone knows that everything's just perfect. I mean, we have the perfect family, we have the perfect job, we have the perfect environment. I mean, everything is just good. and We don't want anyone to think that there's a problem because if they find out, I'll feel the shame of everyone around me. You know, what i found over the years is that we don't want anyone else. If you're a man in this church and you struggle with pornography, you don't want anyone else to know about that because after all, I'll feel the shame of everyone else looking down on me if they find out that I've got that addiction or drugs or the fact that you and your wife are fighting or the fact that you have a relationship with your kids or the fact that you've got this situation going on with your employer at work. We don't want anybody to know that there's any struggle because then I, I get it. Because the other person sitting across the aisle, they're going to look at you and say, wow, you hear what's going on in their house? Mm." (laughs) And the shame sets in. And what I've found over the years is that Christians are great at crucifying their own. I found it out a long time ago that people can be so critical and so judgmental, but that ought not be in the house of God. It should not be here. It goes on in the world around us, but it should not happen in here. When we find out the brother... Hey, doesn't God's Word say that when one hurts, we all hurt? So if it's an addiction or a struggle or a disappointment or a relationship, should we not pray for them, not look down on them? But the fear is that they're going to shame me. It's a fear that Christians live with. The second one is very similar, but it's looking foolish. I don't want to look foolish in front of anybody. Because after all, when you come to church, you have to, you, have to, you have to look like everything's all together. I'm just telling you, churches are full of broken people. And this ought to be a hospital for broken people. Amen? So the reality is, we should not fear looking foolish because we're going through a difficult time. What we ought to be doing is praying for one another, encouraging one another, lifting one another up. Who has hope more than us? And the third thing that was there was opposition. We don't like anybody opposing us. If they do, we pout. If they don't think like us, act like us, talk like us, they're opposing us. And we don't like that. So it was from that list, three of the top five things that Christians fear. The second list that I found that I'm going to go a little bit more detail this morning is just ten things that Christians fear, but I want to give you a scripture that helps us to overcome them. So as we look at these things, the first one that was on that list was financial loss. Can you imagine that? Christians fear financial loss. I mean, after all, I may not have enough. I, I may lose my job. And, and you know, it's, it's very likely. 
How many people do you know have been working someplace for 15, 20, 25 years? All of a sudden we eliminate that position. Or we don't have a need for you anymore. Or companies close down. Happens all the time. But is not God in control? Is not God on the throne still? Just because I lost my job and I may not have what I want, is not God still on the throne? He is. Or a costly breakdown or an expensive illness. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 7, it says, The Lord makes poor and makes rich, and He brings low and lifts up. The reality is that God is in control of even our finances. And we don't need to fear that. I may not always have what I want, but God says, I'll make sure you have what you need, right? So the reality is, why do I fear that? I don't have to fear that as a child of God. say, well, you're crazy. Well, I may be, and everyone that knows me knows I am. But the reality is, I don't have to worry or fear about these things. I know who's in control. And I don't have to work it out. God has already got a plan. You know, God did not wake up this morning and scratch His head and say, well, I didn't know you were going to lose your job today. God did not wake up in the morning, scratch His head and say, well, I didn't know your car was going to break down. Wow, that's a new one on me. God knows exactly what He's doing. And if God allowed it, there must be a reason that He allowed it, right? Right? So if it's there, He's got something that He wants us to learn, something that He's trying to do in our lives, a way that He's going to mold us and shape us into the image that He wants. Number two, the thing that Christians fear is pain. I don't know about you, but I don't like pain. I've never gotten up in the morning and said, Lord, just thank You for this day. Give me more pain today. I said, well, that'd be crazy. Absolutely it would, because we don't like pain. I don't like pain. For the last 12 weeks, I've had pain in my shoulder. I told Mike, Mike Cosgrove, it's not fair. He's had two shoulder replacements. He's out there doing jumping jacks. And mine still hurts from a, a minor thing. But the reality is, I don't like pain. But I don't fear it. If it's there, it's there. It is what it is. But I don't have to let it take me down. But people, not just physical pain, but pain of difficult trials, the pain of suffering, the pain of lack of comfort, that causes us angst. In James chapter 1, verses 2-4, through 4, it says, Consider all joy, all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith brings about perseverance, and let perseverance have its perfect work, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Consider it all joy when you're going through pain? Yep. I have to be honest, I struggle with that one. I don't want pain. I've never woke up with a backache and said, Thank you, God. It hurts so bad, but God, thank you. So you're crazy. Anybody ever had an earache? And say, I don't know, earaches are the worst. Right? Earache, you get an earache, it's like, oh God, thank you that my ear feels like it's going to blow up. Thank you. Toothache. But he says, consider all joy. I found out in life that there are a lot of people who have a whole lot worse than I got it. Right? And all of a sudden I see somebody who's really struggling and I think, man, mine is super minor compared to theirs. So I got an ache big deal. So I got an earache. Wow, who cares? The reality is people fear pain. But yet he says, consider it all joy. Don't fear it. Thank God for it because it means you're still alive. You still have the opportunity for God to work and to show himself strong even through the discomfort. Number three, kind of closely related, illness. There are some people who just fear getting sick. Every time they get a little headache, oh, it must be a tumor in my head. Every time they got a footy, oh, it must be a blood clot in my leg. They're hypochondriacs. They run to the doctor. In fact, I just was at home the other day, and uh, there was a commercial on, on, on the TV for the next upcoming Dr. Phil show. And they had this lady who was on there, and the com- commercial was, she had been to the doctor on average 50 times a month. Can you imagine? 
you got no life, woman. Get a life. There's a wife outside of the ER room. But there are people who they're just, they just, everything is a, is a concern and a fear. And they have to run to the doctor and they got to get on the phone and they got to ask questions because they're afraid of everything. They're afraid of the cancer. They're afraid of having a heart attack. They're afraid of having a stroke. They're afraid of a disease. I don't know about you, but God's Word says, do not worry about all these things. He says, fret not thyself of tomorrow. Right? So the reality is, these things should not take precedence in our minds to the point that it just gets us down and discourages us and frustrates us. You realize that there are people that have not left their homes for a year and a half. They've had services dropping off their laundry, services dropping off their, you know, their food, and they're just like so dependent on someone else because they're afraid if they step out the doors, they're going to get the pandemic. You know, it's going to affect them, and they're going to die. Man, my doctor looked right at me and he says, "Ken, you of all people, you cannot, you cannot get this." I mean, he was, I mean, he was really adamant in my face. Dr. Raj, and he's like, you cannot do this. He says, you got it, you got it, you, you, can't, you can't get sick. And I looked at him, I said, I know, I don't want it, I'm, I'm not going to choose that. I, I, I'm not going to pick that, I, 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 I get it. He goes, no, you don't. He goes, he goes you, got, you got diabetes, and you got, you know, liver problem, and, and, and you got white blood count, you got no immunity, you're spleen. And he goes, you can't get this. He goes, all my diabetics are on ventilators over at Unity. He goes, you can't get this. I don't want it. I agree. I don't. I, 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 hey, if it's up to me, I don't. I won't choose it. But you know, then Don gets it, and she's got a hundred and four temperature, and I'm sleeping next to her. Now, let me just say, I'm not going to push it and go around and you know spend time and kissing on all the people who got it. I'm just saying, I'm I'm not going to let that fear debilitate me. I'm trusting God. I don't want it. I'm going to do my best to protect against it. But I know who's in charge. I know who's in control. And if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. I don't think a thin piece of material is going to stop it completely for me. But it might. If I'm in a big crowd, I'll still do it. But the reality is, I don't want it. I'm not going to choose it. I'm trusting God. The illness is not going to overcome me. Fret not thyself at tomorrow. God's in control. Is He or is He not? He is. Death. Christians are fearing death. For to me to live is what? What? Christ. And to die is what? Gain. I mean, i got no death wish. Trust me, I don't want to die this afternoon. I'm not putting in plans for next Thursday at 7 a.m. I'm not, I don't look forward to it. But I know that when it happens, I'm ready. I know where I'm going. And I don't have to fear that. I don't... I, I don't fear death, and you know, especially when someone who I know knows Jesus dies and they get to heaven before I do, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. They got there before me. They got to walk on streets of gold. They got to see the gates of pearl and all the other, you know, precious jewels that are lining on the gates of heaven. I, I'm jealous. I want to go. I want to see it. I don't have a death wish, but I can't wait to get there. I'm not afraid of death. And I rejoice with my brother who knows Jesus when they die. The bottom line is Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 says this, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death He might render powerless Him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who, through fear of death, were subject to slavery all their lives. I don't have a fear of death. 
When it happens, it happens. And I know God's in control because my faith and trust is in Him. And by the way, if you don't know Jesus, you should want to know Jesus. Because God's Word says in Proverbs 27.1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to die tomorrow. And second, we don't know when Christ is going to come. I hope you're ready. I hope that you put your faith and trust in Him so you too can have no fear of death. And as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56, the, death of, the sting of death is gone. Why? Because Jesus is on the throne. He's still alive and powerful. Amen? He's in control. I don't have to fear death. Let me give you another one that I thought was interesting that we as believers, not me, but some believers, they fear the, they fear the future. The future. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's no magic ball. There's no little genie you're going to rub and tell us what's going to happen. But there are people who fear what's going to happen next. Being alone. Or not having enough. Or being able to live by themselves. You know, some people love to live by themselves. But there are others who that, that thought of being alone is just, oh, I can't deal with that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that the truth? I mean, just turn on the radio, turn on the news, look at the newspapers. There's enough trouble going on that I'm not going to borrow trouble and make trouble for myself. I know who's in control of tomorrow. Let me give you four more. Someone told me after the first service, I said ten, I think there's only nine. I may have skipped one, I'm not sure. Some people fear the past. What do I mean by that? The mistakes that they've made, the wrong choices that they've done, and let me just tell you, the past is the past. Can't undo it. Can't change it. Can't rewrite it. It's over and done with. But the one thing that we should do with the past, according to God's Word, is that we forget those things which are behind. Now let me just say, I think there's a little caveat that's probably in the Greek language somewhere, if we could dig it out. Learn from it. Don't live there, but learn from it. I can't live in the past and the decisions that were made. Whatever decisions were there, they're over and done with. You can't undo it, can't change it, can't rewrite it, right? I know we live in a world where people are trying to do that, but the reality is you can't change what was. But you can learn from it and move forward. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. In fact, 1 Timothy 1.6 says, For some straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion. You can beat yourself up. And I know parents that let their kids beat themselves up over what they've done in the past. Well, why can't I do it? You did it. Well, why is it wrong for me, but it was okay for you? Parents, I'm telling you, it's not right to let your kids dictate what they get to do because of the decisions that you've done in your past. Don't be dumb just because I was dumb. Don't be stupid just because I was stupid. If there's an, there's an experience or a situation that you experienced in your life, learn from it and move on. But don't use it as a tool, children, to get what you want. The reality is you learn from their mistakes. I had a Sunday school teacher growing up. He said, brilliant is he who, or smart is he who learns from his own mistakes, but brilliant is he who learns from the mistakes of others. I don't have to go through all the experiences if I'm just willing to learn from those who have already done it. I don't have to live in the past and I don't have to fear that. Number two, I don't, or secondly, I don't have to fear loss. I don't have to fear losing everything. Some people are so lonely and they worry about this and they worry about that, but Christians fearing loss, 
Psalm 34.18 says, Yahweh is near to the brokenhearted. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit or contrite in spirit. It means crushed. You ever been crushed in spirit? Feeling down in despair and struggling? He said the Lord is near to those. Here's what I found out in my life. Is that when you're going through difficult times, you can't hide it. Our desire is to hide it and make sure nobody else finds out that you're going through a difficulty in your life. Why not go to someone and say, hey, I'm struggling, will you pray with me? Just in confidence, will you just pray with me? Encourage me, I, I need some help right now. You know what that needs to happen? You have to overcome pride. You have to overcome pride. Pride will tear you down and discourage you and make you further down. Here's another one. Christians fear evil. Bad or evil people. Wicked people around me. They're all around us. As I said earlier, we're number one right now for capital, capital of the world for shooting and murders. There are wicked, bad people all around us. Every day we walk out, there are people who will steal children and manipulate circumstances and they'll destroy anybody that they get a chance to destroy. They'll tear them down. There is a world full of wicked and bad people. Is that going to change? No. Why? Because sin abounds. We live in a sinful world, a broken world, a world where people have rejected God. But yet God's Word is still true. Psalm 23, 4. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You know, there are certain places we don't like to go. Why? Because we're afraid. Somebody might do something. Somebody might take something. Somebody might say something. And we just let it debilitate us. Even though I walk through the valley. You're not going to get out of the valley, folks. There's evil all around us. But I don't have to be subject to it. Why? Because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If you know Jesus, He's with you no matter where you go. He's got your back. He's there to give you strength, encouragement, so forth. Then the last one that was on this list. People and even Christians fear the devil. Let me give you something that you may not have known that I think a lot of Christians forget or have not been taught. The devil is one person. He's not omnipresent like God. The devil is not everywhere. Did you know that? There's one. He's one. He's got demons, but the devil's not everywhere. He's not omnipresent. He's not God. He's one. And I don't have to fear him because God's Word tells me, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. But that requires me to say, no, I'm not giving in to this. I'm standing up for what I know is right, for what I know is true. And I'm not giving in to this and I'm resisting it. And the Bible says if I resist, he has to flee. And in Luke chapter 10, verses 18 and 19, he says, And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Now think about this. You see it on the board. I think yeah, these are the red words. These are the important yeah, right, Jesus words, right? They're in red. Now all the Bible's important. Don't get me wrong. But this is Jesus saying, don't be afraid. I've given you authority over that. These cannot injure you. 
my life is in God's hands. Right? Do we believe that? Hey, thank you. So, if we believe that, we have authority to overcome these things. But so often we live as though we don't. And we let these fears get in the way of who we are and what we do every day. And we shouldn't as God's children. If I've shared one verse a thousand times in the last year, it's been this next verse. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. The reality is, God says, I'm not just going to let you survive. He goes, I'll let you thrive. The reality is, I don't have to fear. He says, I will give you perfect peace. Perfect peace. Just let, just let that sink in for a minute. Perfect peace. Amidst frustrations, amidst fears, amidst anxieties, against all the wickedness and evilness in this world, against illness, against all these things. He says, I will give you perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me. Isn't that awesome? That God says, I will not just let you survive. He goes, I'm going to let you thrive. I'm going to let you go through this with confidence. If you'll keep your mind on me. Let me give you seven verses in closing that have to deal with these things. Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 and 27. It says, And who of you, by being worried, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. He says, Who of you, being worried, can add a single... What does worry accomplish? Nothing. Other than more frustration, more debilitation, more, and really, if I want to say it to be honest, it's pride because I'm worried about me. It's all about me. I got I to gotta, I gotta just make sure that I'm taken care of. It's all about me, so I'm going to worry about me. Let's get our mind off ourselves and on others and help others. We have confidence. We have God living within us. John 14.1, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. So you see in that word, do not, do not let your heart be troubled, when there is no subject that's understood, you. He's saying, you do not let your heart be troubled. In other words, it is a choice. I can either put my faith and my confidence and my trust in God, or I can put it on myself. And if it's all about me, then I don't need Him. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Number three, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have before Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from Him. The reality is that if we pray and we ask God to do a thing in our life, He says when it's accordance with His will, He's going to answer it. He's going to take care of it. I don't have to worry about that. But if my faith and confidence is not in Him and it's in myself, well then... Yeah, you should probably be worried. But Jesus is living within us if we know Him. And that makes all the difference. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I mean, what a great verse of confidence, right? He says, I am with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't be Worry. Don't be discouraged. Don't be full of angst. He says, I am your God. I'll strengthen you. Yes, I'll help you. I'll uphold you. See, all these verses are dependent on one thing. 
God doing the work and not ourselves. If it's all about what I can do, I don't need Him. But folks, we are reminded every day just how much we do need Him. In Psalm 56, 3 and 4, it says, When I am afraid, I will trust in You. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. And he asks this question, what can mere man do to me? Guess what? If you're twice my size or got a gun, got a knife, you're going to shoot me, you're going to kill me. It's a win-win situation. For to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It's win-win, folks. The reality is, do I trust God? Do I trust Him? All these areas of fear and worry and anxiousness, they all are wrapped up in the same thing. I'm always worried about me rather than putting my trust in Him. It's not about me. And if my faith and my focus is on Him, none of these things matter. Let me give you one more. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Think about these verses. These are the reminders that we need. That we live in a broken, fallen world, right? I mean, is there any president going to fix that? Is there any political agenda or laws that can be changed to fix the broken world that we live in? No. It doesn't matter what you think concerning politics and the president and the world that we live in. It's a broken, fallen world, no matter how you look at it. It's a world that needs Jesus, but it's a world that has rejected Jesus. And until that changes, we're going to have this stuff going on around us. But for the child of God who has the Holy Spirit living within you, you have Jesus with you no matter where you go. We should not live in fear. We have Jesus. I'm not sure what kind of fears you may be having. Maybe it's something I haven't mentioned today. But I know who's in control. And I know who can give you the power to overcome. I know that God is greater than all of them if you're willing to trust Him. Lord, as we come before You, I ask God that You'd work in our hearts. Lord, there are so many people that allow fear and anxiousness and worry to, to dictate what they do every day. And I pray, God, that that would not be the case with us as believers. God, we want to be smart. We want to walk wise. We want to walk with, with uh, authority, Lord, in you, in you, Lord. But we, we want to be careful. But, Lord, we want to trust You. We want to trust You, what You and You alone can do in our heart and our lives. Lord, I pray that Satan would not have a victory in this thing, Lord. That You would you'd love nothing more for than for us to just wake up every day and to live in fear and worry and torment. And yet, God, You are greater. You are with us. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just ask for a moment as we do each and every week as, as we're in prayer before the Lord, we have an opportunity to respond to what we've heard this morning. I don't know what fears you face. I don't know what worry goes through your mind. I don't know what anxiousness you're facing. But I know that God is greater than them all. And maybe this morning you need this reminder that God is in control. Say, Pastor Ken, that, that's me. I, I worry about this. I worry about that. I worry about relationships. I worry about jobs. I worry about finances. I worry about these things. But God is working in my heart, reminding me that I need to trust Him. Anyone like that this morning, say, pray for me. That's me. Yes, in the back, in the front, in the sides, in the middle. Yes, up front, everywhere. 
You know what that tells me? We all struggle with the same things. But we have God. We have the strength of His Word to remind us that He is able to help us overcome. But here's the thing. In order for Him to help us, He has to be in you. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. Maybe this morning is... Maybe some of this stuff is just new and different for you. You say, I'm concerned. Can I ask this question? Do you know Jesus? And by that I mean this. If you were to die today, do you know that you would spend eternity in heaven or would you spend eternity in hell? It's a simple question. Do you know Jesus or do you not know Jesus? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, can I just tell you it's simple faith and trust in Jesus? Willing to admit that you're a sinner, that Christ died on the cross, and he said, if you're willing to confess your sin and put your faith in me, he goes, you can become my child. It's not a religion. It's not a denomination. It's a simple relationship with Jesus. Can I just ask this question as heads are bowed and eyes are closed? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you might be concerned about it, would you with uplifted hand just say, hey, pray for me. I'm concerned. I'm just not sure. Do you know Jesus? I, I'm not embarrassed. you. I'm not call you. I'll just simply pray for you. Anyone say, I'm not sure. I don't know if I know Jesus. I appreciate that. But then this morning is, if you know Jesus, are you trusting Him day by day? I pray that you do. If you've raised your hand your heart towards the Lord this morning, I encourage you right there where you're at in your seat to pray and say, Lord, help me to trust You. Help me to go in Your confidence. Help me to rely on Your strength. Remove the fears. Help me to trust You, God. You're in control, not me. Just take a moment and pray. invite you to stand as we close in prayer. Lord Jesus, you know our hearts. You know what goes on in our minds. You know the very things that we struggle with, the very things that we fear, the very things that cause worry and angst. I ask, God, that you would work in our hearts, God, to help us realize that you are greater. Your word is greater. These reminders are, Lord, the things that we need every day to just help us to know. And I pray, God, for each one who raised their hand, their heart towards you this morning. God, that you would be with them, encourage them. May they sense your presence. And Lord, I pray that you give them every day the opportunity and the the fortitude, Lord, just to to put all their faith and trust in you. Lord, remove our own strength. Remove our own confidence, Lord, and replace it with yours. Because, Lord, in ourselves, it's pride and selfishness. In you, Lord, it's faith and trust. And I ask, God, that you would help each one who raised their hand their heart towards you this morning. Lord, to know that you are with them, to encourage them, Lord, to remove the fear in all that is taking place around us, Lord. And we'll praise you for that. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.